Why does it keep doing that? That's really weird. It keeps like fading in and out before the stream starts. That is odd. Yeah, I can't figure out what that's about. Uh, that needs to be facing both of us a little bit more. Yep. There we go. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the Lore Lodge. I apologize for all the technical difficulties that we had starting this stream. Uh, YouTube did not want to believe us that we were, in fact, live. Yeah. Um, I'll pull, you know, I'm going to change the orientation here. I so live one's up there. I'm going to make sure that I got an end frame. Oh, you did. Yeah, I had that set up. Yeah. But now that we are here, Aiden, what are we talking about today? <laughs> We're talking about Charles Manson. Oh yeah, um, and and you know I think I think your best contributions to this will come through uh, your your film knowledge and uh, the movie that was oh, made I thought about you were this. Say currently looking like it. Well, no, there's that too. Um, <laughs> we also did just watch like all of the scenes from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that are relevant to this. So it's a, it's a good movie. It's a solid movie. Yeah. I'm not a huge Tarantino fan to be honest, but I I did enjoy Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good movie. What I did not necessarily enjoy was the 12 hours of research that went into uh, this story. Because, I, I don't know, you guys have probably caught on now that I am pretty meticulous about how I do my research. I like to get the whole story and put it in context. There's a lot of story here. It's going to be a long video on Friday. Yeah, we uh, we spent the past hour recording. <laughs> and we're still not done. Yeah, there's still about 10-15 minutes to go. Yeah. So, to really just get right into this, the Charles Manson that most people know is, of course, the the cult leader. But he, him becoming the cult leader is far more interesting than anything he did as the leader of that cult. Of course, there's the Manson murders that everybody knows about, Sharon Tate, yep. um, and the others. I'll get to their names. I know their names. Um, but the point is, everybody everybody knows that bit of the story. They know that Charles Manson was this super charismatic guy with long hair who was surrounded by women and, you know, generally just seen as, you know, a, a guru, a spiritual man. It's just like anytime anybody is like, I don't even know how to describe it, just marketing themselves as a guru or like a spiritual, like, messiah kind of vibe, just, just... Flags. Red flags. Typically a good reason not to trust someone, you know? Yeah. But Manson did not start his life as Charles Manson. Because he started his life as Charles Maddox. Um, okay, yeah, I was going to... Literally yeah, did yeah. not start his life as Charles Manson. He took, he took that name later. But Charles was born in the worst possible place, Ohio... To a 15-year-old single mother. Now, Kathleen Maddox was not originally single, but she was an alcoholic, and that led her to make bad decisions, such as um, having relations with a known con man who went by the name of... And again, I cannot emphasize this enough. He went by the name of Colonel Walker Henderson Scott. He was not a serviceman. He was not a... A member of the armed forces. No, Colonel Walker Scott Henderson, or Colonel Colonel Walker Henderson Scott, was simply a man named Colonel. And he did not divulge that he was not, in fact, a Colonel. I also want to recognize the super chat that just came in for two dollars that just says "bussy." We did this to ourselves. We did this to ourselves. But also, speaking of super chats, while we're here for a moment, oh look, it's the lineage of Adam. Also, really. Um, <laughs> 
I wonder I'm how not many, kidding. I just, this is the lineage of Adam. I wonder how many times that's been said in, in history. Uh, also, really quickly, well, I just want to say, like, this is also not the colonel that was also a fake colonel that took half of Elvis's money, right? I don't think so, but timing-wise, it would probably be possible. No, because he discovered Elvis in, like, the early 50s. Yeah, this was 1934. Well, look there, at it. There's a nice conspiracy. Did. We'll let you up, Jamie. Um, <laughs> What's his name? What's this one in the Colonel what? Uh, Colonel, Colonel Walker Henderson Scott. Anyway, when he found out that his 15-year-old girlfriend was pregnant, he was like, ah, I can't be having that. No, I will tell her I'm going away, and I'll be back. And then he did not. What's up with so many people in this story saying they're, to other people that they're going away for a long period of time, even if they're just not? I do not know. It's a lot but, of that. I guess that was the, like, get-out-of-jail-free card back in the day. It's just like, I mean, I'm you going away for a while. You literally couldn't track people, and you could just change your names. I don't, I don't even know if in, in 1934 did Social Security exist yet? Uh, that's a good question. I feel like it would have. I Maybe. can't remember when Social Security became a thing exactly, but this could have been before people even had Social Security numbers. Forging your identity was so easy back then. Hang on. Also, for $2 History Daddy says, hashtag made in Mattis. And is for $2 says, teach us about the man's sussy. Do you mean Charles Manson? I think that's what she means. Do you Although, refer to him as the man's sussy? That's probably the best name that he's going to have in this. Ugh. Also, uh, Social Security was founded in on August 14th, 1935. Wow, so he did not have a Social Security number either. There was literally no way to track this yep. man. Wonderful. But since it is the last show of September, I do have to remind you guys, yep. if you look up in the upper right corner of your screen, you will see the current Super Chat total for the month, a feature that I added recently, and I'm proud of myself. Nice. But that's important because you guys have already hit the Halloween cocktail stream, which will be happening in October, as well as the Blue Snow Shovel self-defense course that we still have to shoot now. I'm excited. Uh, if you guys hit 750 we will put the Wendigo on trial in a My Cousin Vinny-style skit, and if you hit $1,000, you get a Halloween-themed sexy calendar of the two of us in whatever we can find at Spirit Halloween. Really glad they're not going to hit that. You guys are not going to hit that tonight unless somebody drops... Don't. Don't. $473. $472.20. I'm not saying that to bait you. I'm saying that because I don't want to have to do it. Oh, I'm saying that to bait them. I don't want to have to go to the gym even more than I am actually, like now, just to look half decent for a calendar (laughs) that three people will buy. Hey. It's money. Um. (laughs) Fair. Anyway, back to the story. Uh, Colonel... Walker Henderson Scott walks out on his 15-year-old baby mama, and she finds herself a, a real man, a husband named William Eugene Manson, who she married before Charles was born. Charles did take the name Maddox when he was born, but they did have it changed to Manson. Um, but his mom, despite the fact that she was now married and supposed to be settling down, continued drinking, continued being an alcoholic, and at the end of the day... William Manson said, you know what? I can't do this. Uh, Have a nice life. I'm divorcing you. And he left. Now, this should have been a wake-up call for Kathleen, right? And what time period was this? 1934. Well, 1937 he left. Well, let's just... And also, like, divorce back then was very taboo. Like, and also extremely uncommon. So... 
just context for that yeah. as well. Like, if, as a divorcee, you got a lot of shit. Especially as an 18-year-old divorcee with a yeah. three-year-old son. You're not doing well. No. And because she wasn't doing well, she continued drinking and committing petty crimes. And her and her brother, Luther, were arrested and jailed in 1939 for robbery. Now, I, she did get on a good behavior, but not before Charles himself was sent off to live with his aunt and uncle in uh, McMeachin, West, or McMeachum, Virginia. Yes, that is correct. Uh, now, this is probably the only time in Charles' life that he had a normal experience, because his mother was released from prison in 1942. And promptly made everything worse because she continued drinking, though she did go to Alcoholics Anonymous. But she moved herself and little Charlie Manson. She attempted. Over to Indianapolis, where she met uh, her husband, whose name I don't know if I even have written down, to be honest. Um, sorry, no, they moved to Charleston, West Virginia first, and she went back to drinking. And then they moved to Indianapolis. Now, Manson himself was avoiding school, playing truant, and committing petty crimes. He tried to burn his school down at nine years old. Should have been a good indicator. I don't even remember what I was doing at nine years old, but it wasn't that. I was digging holes in the backyard. Were you asking the township about power lines or anything no, first? shut. All right, so Aiden was committing illegal excavation at nine years old. <laughs> Just the fact that that's a thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, what didn't kind you of know you can't ever. dig on your own property without permission? Ah, uh, well. But at least as this Shit. story, Aiden, as this story proves... The government can always be trusted. Yes. Wait, the meme from uh, uh, the uh, Edgar Wright movie with the one guy is like, shame. <laughs> it's just me with a shovel. Shame. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Iz does say she was committing arson at nine years old, and History Daddy says he thought he was a dinosaur. I'm glad you got that sorted out. Or did he? Or did he? Also, what arson were you committing? Should, uh, considering that was the same thing Manson was doing, should we inquire? I'm being accused of being maidenless and also succubusless in the chat. What is succubusless? You don't know what the succubus is? Oh. Well, uh, just make me think of succubus. So succubi are uh, female demonic entities Aha. that I uh, seduce you. And then suck your life force out through a certain body part. If I remember correctly, I might have that wrong, but I'm Got pretty it. sure that's what it is. Got it. Um, yeah, we can always check it out. Why are you guys discussing how to commit arson in the chat this right now? This is not the point of this story. Ethan, why why were you preparing to be an NFL referee at nine? You, you weren't even like, you know what? No, I, honestly, to be fair, that's pretty respectable. It, the fact that at nine you were like, I don't want to play, but I want to throw those flags. <laughs> Honestly, have at it. I love it. You guys are... Whew. You guys are... Nine years old, it's just me, Luke Skywalker, and my stick lightsaber against the world. Oh. See, that's what I yeah. was doing at uh -huh. nine. That was me at nine. There it, we go. If you think I wasn't out there in my Jedi robe with a little like lightsaber, like retractable one on my hip during a, uh, a snowstorm, pretending I was Luke on Hoth, then you've got another thing coming. In the spirit of Wendigoon, Succubi, Kith, the men. <laughs> okay, I'm anyway, trying to tell the story. Well, considering how chaotic the Manson story is, it really I, this actually kind of fits. Yes. But yeah, anyway, at nine years old, he set his school on fire. Yeah. And then at 13, he got caught stealing 
Um, what was he stealing? He was stealing groceries, I believe. Okay. Uh, and he was sent off to Gibalt School for Boys, a Catholic school for delinquent youth. Oh, that's a horrible place to end up. Yeah, one thing I've noticed about Catholic schools and schools for delinquent youth is that they usually make uh, people worse. less. Uh, I was going to say less good, yeah. but worse works as well. Ever... And if you put Catholic delinquent boys school together, that just seems like a horrible time. Did you ever read the book Pan's Ram? No. Yeah. Read that. You'll know why discipline doesn't always work. Do you want to elaborate? Oh, it's bad. This guy by the name of Carl Panzram, he was... Um, what a name. I know. Brutal. Um, he was put into a similar situation as a child, mm-hmm. and he was already very angry at humanity, just by the way, like he was raised. Like, he was about the same age as Manson, a little bit younger when he got put into it. And um, he was already... Yes, Mom, I'm aware he's drinking out of a flower vase. I've told him this in the past. It's just, it's it fits so much more water. Anyway. Also, I will interject here while I'm still able. Yes. I I may be developing a migraine. Okay. And, um, one symptom of migraines for me is I get aphasia. Okay. Do you know what aphasia is? I know the term. Forget the meaning. It's when you uh, think you're you're speaking coherently, but in reality you're babbling. Okay. So if that happens... Let you know. Okay. Or don't. I mean, it could be hilarious. Fun. Like, than, I won't know. Better than my migraines, whenever I get a migraine, I'm in so much pain I can't stop vomiting and nearly pass out. I don't get pain. I just lose vision in half of my field of vision and I can't talk. I wish. <laughs> Both times I've had a migraine, I had to be taken to the hospital and I put on morphine. This is going to be a night. It's that bad. Whew. Good All thing right. they're not contagious. Anyway, so, wait, real quick, do you want me to finish the Carl yes, Panzerin thing? Yes, the Carl oh, yeah. Panzerin thing. So, in this like Catholic re- uh, Reformation school... The way they beat them specifically was they would grab a towel mm-hmm. and soak it in salt water, put it on the bare back of these kids, and beat them with a paddle with a bunch of holes in it, which would cause welts to form on their backs and then sub, uh, subsequently be burst through the that. And so the salt water in the wounds was oh. like basically torture, and this is how they wanted to correct the young children that, among many other things in his life, made him just hate humanity, and he killed and destroyed and literally did everything he could to get back at humanity, and he racked up a huge death toll. Damn. Just one man on vengeance against the world, and the only person that he was ever good to was a guard in one of the prisons he was in. Uh, it was a prison in Oregon, I believe, and this guard just was, like, the first person in his life to treat him like a human. Mm-hmm. And he, like, tried to escape multiple times from from this prison. And at one point, like, he was, like, you know, he just wanted to kill everybody. That was the only person he ever spared. Sheesh. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, to answer the questions from my parents in the chat about why Aiden is drinking from a vase, I don't know. The dishes are done. There's clean glasses. It was in the glass. He just grabbed the vase. It was in the, like, glasses cabinet. I just assumed it was a large glass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because it was amongst other glasses. And I was like, well... Because when I filled it up, it was about that high. So I was like, well, I would like a lot, large volume of water. So, anyway. So in 1948, Charles Manson committed his first documented crime and was sent to Gibble. Yeah. Uh, and then he... There, I, I will say, a lot of the documentation on this stuff is really fuzzy. At least the stuff I was able to access. I wonder what three-letter organization is yeah, responsible for Um... <laughs> But he takes a job with Western Union as a young man, starts committing petty theft to supplement his income. He gets caught and sent to a place that sounds like a uh, gentleman's club for men called Boys Town. 
Mm. Um, Boys Town, if it were in San Francisco, would absolutely be what it sounds like. In reality, this one was in Omaha, Nebraska, and uh, a lot less fun. Um, in this case, it was a, a correctional facility for delinquent youth. Um, while there, That's he claims to have had some... Uh, Thanks, everybody. Encounters that were less than consensual with the other inmates. We don't like um, that. Where he was the victim. He eventually did escape in 1951, but he was caught driving a stolen car across state lines, so that became a federal crime. So he was sent to the National Training School for Boys, where they ascertained that the uh, 19-year-old Charles Manson was illiterate, but had a slightly above-average IQ at 109. If you guys didn't know, the intelligence quotient is actually a mathematical uh, formula. To, it's the answer to a mathematical formula, which determines how uh, intellectually mature you are compared to your age. Mm. So your IQ actually does change over time. Yep. As you get older, your IQ tends to increase, and then it also tends to decrease towards the end of your life. Yeah. Um, I believe it's something like two, one to three points a year from... Uh, childhood to um to like age 25 and then it usually remains consistent across the rest of your life and additionally your iq can fluctuate on a daily basis plus or minus seven points so like a nice joke that i've had with my family for a few years archie can't do that he doesn't have enough iq points no he doesn't unfortunately but uh something fun that you can do is like if if one of your family members or like a friend or whatever like does something particularly like intelligent it's just like, yeah, this is just something my parents and I would do with each other, especially over quarantine. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, you must be having a plus seven day. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's fun. To answer questions in the chat about the volume of the stream, we have it set all the way up. Is it loud? Is it quiet? Uh, it's probably because neither of us are audio engineers, and we would rather it be quiet but crisp yeah. than loud but uh, not crisp. If you listen to our much earlier episodes, it was worse. Yeah. Considerably, if we ever get an if we ever get an audio engineer, this will improve. Considering but we occasionally yell or laugh very loudly, true, we're yeah. playing it safe. Uh, we have considered putting microphones in front of each of us Yetis, but uh, right now we don't have the capability to do so. We need so. a better studio for that. When we tried it before, there was way too much echo and overlap. So yeah, here we are. Um, so we're we're doing what we can, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, I. Uh, <clears throat> After this time at the National Training School for Boys, where he was also deemed to be aggressively antisocial, he began seeing real prison time. He was uh, told by, uh, or, sorry, a psychiatrist had him transferred to the National the Natural Bridge Honor Camp, a minimum security facility, and he was supposed to have a parole hearing in February of 1952, but he was caught, um, again, non-consensually, uh, interacting with another boy at knife point this got him transferred to the federal reformatory of petersburg virginia where he went on to commit eight more crimes in prison three of which were labeled as homosexual acts i'm gonna allow you guys to fill in the blanks on that one for what they probably were he was not a good man no he was not uh this got him moved to a maximum security facility and to add insult to injury, this was in Ohio. Mm. I... <laughs> Sorry, it, just, it always catches me off guard because it's so good. Anyway, go Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, he was released in 1954 on good behavior, as if there weren't just, like, so many red flags. It's... 
Yeah, I know. That's good behavior if, like, your memory was that of a goldfish. Yeah. Um, <sighs> but anyway, he was released to the care of his aunt and uncle. Uh, he would have been, I believe, 21 or 22 at this time. Mm. And, uh, you know, finally in a stable place, uh, in 1955, he got married to Rosalie Joan Willis. And, you know, got his life on track and went back to normal. Just kidding, he stole a car and went to L.A. What did he do there? Well, when you steal a car, the uh, minimum sentence is at the state level. This was a federal offense, but at the state level, I want to, by the way, I want to just emphasize the fact that when I was researching this, mm -hmm. some of the articles referred to his sentencing as heavy or excessive and said that this was because these were federal crimes. The state minimum in most places for uh, felony grand theft auto mm -hmm. is 16 months in jail. Yeah. At the time? I couldn't figure out at the time, okay. but I assume it's actually, you know, gotten lighter Probably over lighter. time. Yeah. So, anyway, point is, 16 months in jail. First offense. Or it could be two years, it could be three years, it could come with a $10,000 fine. Yep. Multiple offenses, however, by the way, this was his second time uh, stealing a car. Multiple offenses typically carries a heavier sentence. Charles Manson got five years probation for stealing a car from Ohio and driving it to California. It's a long drive. Yeah. Uh, it seems that it may have been because of his psych evaluation that he got off so easily. Uh, but uh, he he was given five years probation, and probation's a super, super light sentence for the most part, especially in 1955 when they don't have ankle monitors and yeah. you just have to show up for your hearings and not commit crimes. Yep. But uh, in 1956, Basically. he failed to appear for a hearing and was sentenced to three years at Terminal Island, a prison outside of Los Angeles. In March 1957, his wife left him. Uh, his wife and mother had actually moved in to a place near the prison so that they could see him often. Mm -hmm. His wife left to go live with another man. Uh, two weeks before his parole hearing, um, he tried to escape and was given five years probation, more probation, and denied parole. If you're keeping track of the probation years right now, it's a lot. I think it's at least ten. Yep. Why were you laughing? I was laughing because I just want to imagine who the guy was that was able to steal Manson's wife away. And where is he now? It's a good question. Actually, right? probably dead, given how much time has elapsed. Yeah. Um, and Manson died in 2017, age 83. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> while other people were in Korea, <laughs> he was on probation. Uh... In 1958, he was granted parole, and within two months, he was pimping a 16-year-old and was charged with cashing a forged stolen check. The charge of it being stolen was eventually dropped because he claimed he stole it from a mailbox to get out of the... Because stealing the check was a lesser crime than forging the check. Yep. One of those three crimes vehemently worse than the other two. Oh, yeah. We're, that, that he wasn't charged for, though. Yeah, of um, course not. So, so basically... Uh, he tried to get out of the forgery charge by saying he stole the check and therefore he didn't know it was forged and it's not his fault. They dropped the stealing charge so they could charge him with the forgery. Right. Um, and he also couldn't prove that he stole it. So uh, yeah. he was given a uh, 
10-year suspended sentence, which in... To my understanding, a suspended sentence is when they say you have to serve this, just not right now. Mm. I don't know why in the 1950s, with absolutely no way of tracking someone, this would be a good punishment because they could literally just leave the country. Uh, And had Charles Manson been an intelligent man and not a slightly above average intelligence man, he might have done that. So essentially a suspended sentence is another form of probation. The definition Mm -hmm. that says... A legal arrangement in which a person who has been found guilty of a crime is not sentenced to jail, but may be sentenced to, for that crime at a future time if he or she commits another crime during a specified yeah. period. Well, I mean, you know, it was... How could they know that he was going to be a career criminal, right? There was no evidence. There was zero indication that that was the path in which his life was yeah, going I mean, to lead. C- come on. It was only it was only 1956, or 1955, right, you know? And he was only... He'd only been alive for 21 years. Yep. And he'd only spent half of them in prison at that point. You know, for numerous crimes, some of them including violent sexual offenses. The law of the odds says he's going to be a good dude. Right, yeah, exactly. He's Um, in the right direction. So, yeah, uh, in 1958, they get a suspended sentence of 10 years. Uh, And in what is pure Hollywood, a woman named Leona... Uh, said that they were in love, and if he was released, they would get married, and he would get his act together. And the judge bought that. We we do. I think we should emphasize how charismatic this guy actually was. Like apparently, very. There, the only reason he was able to get away with all of this is just because he was like, I don't know, who's a good similarity in terms of charisma at this point? Couldn't tell you. I mean, George Clooney, but he's not current enough, I feel. I don't know. It just, like, the fact that anybody was capable of talking their way out of this many things is absolutely insane. It's, uh, is incomprehensible to me. Yeah. Um, but he was, this appeal worked, and he was released. I uh, and and immediately started pimping Leona. Um, like it's it's beyond parody. I just uh, he was arrested again in June of 1960 for violating his probation in Laredo, Texas, where he was transferred to Los Angeles and finally ordered to actually serve the sentence. And in prison, uh, he did normal things like learning steel guitar from a guy named Creepy. And uh, Aiden, who did I tell you that he hypnotized for fun? The guy who played Machetti. Danny Trejo. Yep. Danny Trejo. Machete. Who, if you're our age, you will probably remember first from Spy Kids. Which is just weird. Yeah. So anyway, the guy from... The uncle from Spy Kids was hypnotized by Charles Manson in prison in 1960-something. Do we know the outcome of the hypnotism? It seems to have gone just fine. He became a Hollywood star. Um, True. And, uh, yeah, he was granted release in early 1967 and assigned parole officer Roger Smith. Pearl Officer Roger Smith also spent some of his time volunteering at a free health clinic in uh, San Francisco. Mm. And Manson, upon release, moved to Berkeley, and then with the permission of his parole officer, moved to San Francisco, where he began attending this health clinic. And Roger... Who was his parole officer? Roger Smith. And Roger Roger was like, Charlie, I want to help you get back on track. Oh, something weird just happened with one of our graphics up there. Um, So, Charlie, I want to help you get back on track. I'm uh, I'm helping out with this study where we're we're studying the effects of certain medications on 
uh, human psychological behavior. So he gave Charles Manson a buttload of LSD. And what was that experiment called? That experiment was called MKUltra. The declassified CIA psychological operation (coughs) wherein they were attempting to create mind control via various drugs. So, knowing that... Everything else makes so much sense. Oh, yeah. Because after this, Manson just gets away with everything and is basically given the tools by the CIA to become a cult leader. They teach this man how to use LSD to manipulate people. (coughs) And what he does is he gives his followers that he's accumulating now that he's begun preaching to social outcasts and drug users and, uh, you know, open-minded college students in the 1960s when everyone was doing drugs. Yep. Basically every college student in the Taking 60s. a lot of risky behaviors uh, with yep. their reproductive organs. Yeah. Um, and so he, he, u- yeah, he used this LSD to accumulate a number of followers via his preaching. And then he would bring them in and he would take a small amount of it. That's a little bit of LSD. Bit. So he was on the same level. It was mentally like he was, he was vibing with them. But he would give them a lot more. And he began trying to get them to see themselves as empty vessels. Yeah. To do his bidding, his command. And it worked. That's the terrifying part about That's this, right. is it worked. These people became completely subservient, absolutely devoted to Charles Manson. The research that was being done uh, with LSD was funded by the CIA and uh, overseen by the National Institute for Health. You have probably seen the National Institute for Health in the news a lot over the last two years. They're famous for certain things like botching the AIDS epidemic and whatever just happened with COVID. Crazy times. Yeah. Uh, And now, causing the Charles Manson problem. Um, Crazy times. So, basically, they're, they're... uh, goal here was we're going to find unstable U.S. citizens yeah. and give them lots of psychedelic drugs and try to mind control them. Yep. Naturally. Uh, even... That's what you do. Even the Nazi scientist, Alfred Hoffman, who developed LSD in the 40s and then saw it being used in experimentation on concentration camp prisoners, thought this was unethical. When... A Nazi scientist is calling you unethical. You might want to take a just a quick gander at what you're doing and rethink it. Oh, by the way, uh, he wasn't just a scientist in Germany in the 1940s. Yeah, he was a Nazi party member. Yeah, he was a staunch Nazi. Yeah, like this is a literal Nazi doctor who said that he th- and he didn't think that this specific experiment was. Bad. He didn't. I don't think he was even alive. But when the SS was actually doing the exact same thing, uh, he he said this is really something that should be done, like clinically, with willing participants and not by military officers. Uh, yeah. So you know, just simply using the Nazis as it's a pretty good indicator. For when, you, if you're talking about them in any conversation, it's a pretty good indicator that whatever's been happening, it's probably not good or at least good to just rethink a little bit. Right. And, you know, of course, this is 
This is the only time the U.S. government ever did that. Oh, of course. Because they did not go into Tuskegee, Alabama in the 1940s and tell a bunch of black men that they had bad blood and needed treatment and then inject them with the treatment for bad blood, which is not a disease. Um, And that treatment definitely wasn't syphilis, and they didn't let that go unmonitored for 30 years just to see what would happen in a population who didn't know it had syphilis. No, no, the the American government would never do something so heinous. Yeah, so, uh, you know, the Tuskegee... The Tuskegee experiment, that's, that was just, it wasn't the CIA. It was the Department of Health and Human Services. Exactly. They had everyone's exactly. best interests in mind. Exactly. And I mean, the U.S. Atomic Energy Commission definitely didn't feed oatmeal laced with plutonium to mentally disabled children in Boston in the 1950s. Uh, definitely not to just see what happened. Yeah, exactly. No, that didn't happen. No. And I mean, it would be absurd if the CIA sold crack to the Crips and Bloods in LA to fund the Contras in Nicaragua in the 80s. Oh, could you imagine a world in which that was true? I know, right? Uh, it's just, it's wild. Like, I know. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> could you imagine them doing any of those things? Yeah. Uh, God. Good. I mean, uh, you know, there's there's only a list on Wikipedia of all the times they've done that. Yeah, no, no. It's not like they, like, declassified yeah. it and let us know that they actually did it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be ridiculous. Why would they Do you think they that? willingly declassified it? No, no, of course not. <laughs> uh, oh, the bone tree's come back up. Oh, God, the bone tree again. You know, sorry, I'm, I'm pulling up, uh, you know. The list? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> In case you guys are wondering the contents of this Wikipedia list... Includes 11 sections broken up into uh, 2.1 through 2.5, 3.1 through 3.6, 4 through 4.3, 5.1, 1.2, 1.3, 5.1.3.1. Yeah, you get the point. Are we lifting uh, the digits? It's also broken up into surgical experiments, pathogens, disease, and biological warfare agents beginning in the late 19th century and going through the 1960s, human radiation experiments, chemical experiments, psychological and torture experiments, uh, pharmacological research, other experiments, experiments, oh, legal, academic, and professional policy, of course. Uh, <laughs> when, the, when the list of war crimes you've committed on your own citizens has a miscellaneous category? <laughs> That's not a good sign either. And and I just want to be very clear. None of this had informed consent. Oh my god! None of this had yeah. informed informed consent. By the way, this is just the list of unethical human experimentation in the United States. Yeah, there's an entire list of ethical. Yep. Where there was just informed consent, and they still did bad stuff. Yeah. So yeah, uh, you know, hmm. crazy times. Crazy Anywho, times. Before we get unalive by yeah exactly. Somebody. I'm on so many lists, dude. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're both very happy. Oh, we're not even touching the ATF with this list. No. <laughs> no. So, we've already done Waco and Ruby Ridge. Uh, oh, I mean, they killed Kennedy. Let's not forget. Oh, yeah. Don't uh, forget about the grassy knoll. The one guy shot two bullets in less than a second and a half, and both of them hit. Don't forget the magic bullet. Right, of course, yeah. Who, who could... Who could forget? Who could forget the magic bullet? Anyone want to join me in dropping acid and visiting the bone tree? I I feel like this entire video so far has been a suggestion that you don't do that. Yeah. But okay. Somebody said, what if Aiden Mattis is a CIA plant himself? That conspiracy theory does exist about Wendigoon. On 4chan. It's really funny. Really? Yeah. He was like, don't look yourself up on 4chan. And I looked him up on 4chan. Smart. Um, 
so funny. No, I bet. Oh my god, so funny. Oh god. Uh, he is he is definitely not. <laughs> but yeah, so so while all this is going on, he begins preaching. He's developing his cult. He moves to L.A. with permission uh, to start infecting the L.A. scene with his LSD experiments. He's got about twenty followers. And uh, they're all dropping acid from the government, uh, government-sponsored acid. You know how it goes. Uh, and then in L.A., after moving there, while well, they're still kind of like surfing around trying to figure out where to live, a couple of his girls uh, meet Dennis Wilson on the road. Dennis Wilson uh, is best best known as the drummer of the Beach Boys. Ah. He brought two of these girls back to his place. Uh, they were, you know, high on acid. He had found them hitchhiking. Brought them back to his place, got him, you know, in bed, and then went to go to a nighttime recording session. And when he came back to the house, Manson was in the driveway, and uh, basically, like, Dennis walked up and went, are you here to hurt me? And Manson said no, and then started kissing his feet. Uh, Wilson entered the house where he found approximately 12 women and Manson, uh, and they just went on a spree of doing drugs and having relations with the women and uh, all sorts of other things. <laughs> Naturally. And uh, eventually they, they ended up getting evicted. He spent uh, thousands of dollars treating rampant gonorrhea mm-hmm. in the cult. They got evicted and they moved out to the Spawn Ranch. Did we say Spawn or Span? Okay. Yeah, I know. Once we watched spawn? the video, it was Spawn. spawn. Yeah. yeah, the Spawn Ranch, uh, which is on the western side of L.A. County. It was an old movie, like, ranch for shooting westerns and whatnot, owned by a 80-year-old blind man named George Spawn. And Charlie basically set about using the women as servants and the men as foot soldiers and uh, paying for his keep by upkeeping the ranch and uh, servicing Spawn with the women. Ah. Uh, right. Yes. Uh... <laughs> it's just... Around this time, <laughs> around this time, uh, they he started preaching about helter skelter. Helter skelter, of course, being the uh, the belief that the Beatles song "Helter Skelter" included coded lyrics telling about a future race war between blacks and whites in America. Uh, and his belief that he preached to his followers were that the blacks would win, but despite the fact that they were intelligent enough to rule their own kingdoms in Africa, intelligent enough to win a race war against a population much larger than themselves, yeah. they would not be intelligent enough to rule themselves because, uh, you know, he was a white supremacist. Yes, because that logic makes so it much makes sense. It makes complete sense. Uh, you know, definitely just totally... Good God. <laughs> To be fair, how much has he been on LSD? So much LSD. Uh, Manson believed that uh, they would not be intelligent enough to rule themselves and would thus choose him as leader. Uh, Yes, of course. Yeah, right. It makes complete sense. Um, And, I I mean, I've got the lyrics to Helter Skelter here. I'm going to read some of them. Uh, When I get to the bottom, I go back to the top of the slide where I stop and turn and I go down and I go for a ride till I get to the bottom and I see you again. Well, do you, don't you want me to love you? I'm coming down fast, but I'm miles above you. Tell me, tell me, tell me, come on, tell me the answer. Well, you may be a lover, but you ain't no dancer. I don't see where the race war is in this song. Nope. Uh, (laughs) That's deep in the subtext. Yeah, it, there's basically nothing in here that could possibly be that. No. Uh, 
it, it was the drugs that made him think this. And this is right. also the one where I think it's Paul McCartney goes, I got blisters on me fingers. So there's that. Uh, Fair. Spawn does not appear to have been aware of any of this. On March 23rd, 1969, uh, Manson approached the home of somebody who he had been introduced to by uh, Dennis Wilson, uh, Rudy Altabelli. Now, Rudy Altabelli had owned the home and rented it to a man by the name of Terry Melcher. When Manson got there on March 23rd, 1969, Melcher had moved out, which left uh, other occupants, Mm -hmm. Roman Polanski and Sharon Tate. Uh Aha. So... He was looking for Melcher, and he found Sharon Tate. And uh, Tate was like, no, I don't recognize that name, but maybe check around back, see, you know, about the guest house. Manson goes back to the guest house where he runs into Rudy Altabelli, asks Rudy about Melcher. Rudy says he moved to Malibu, but he doesn't know where. That was a lie. He just figured that Manson didn't want, was, was up to no good. Yeah. And then Rudy was like, also, I'm leaving the country for over a year, so I, I won't be here to talk tomorrow. Yeah. He wasn't leaving for a full year, but he was leaving. Um, you can <clears throat> right back. So... <laughs> Tate refers the next day to Manson as that creepy guy from yesterday. And then it's it lays low for a little bit. Uh, there is a, a drug robbery that goes wrong where uh, Tex Watson, who is one of Manson's, uh, you know, just worst people. Hi, buddy. I think he wants up. I think he wants to go outside, probably. probably. He might want to go. Hey, come on. Come on. There, there we go. go. He wants up. Uh, the, true, the true producer of the show here. Yep. Uh, He's the one who keeps us all together. Oh, yeah. Um, So, but Tex organizes a robbery that he's disguising as a drug deal. They go and grab a local drug dealer named Bernard Crow, and they say, listen, you know, our our connection will only sell us marijuana at this great price if we buy, uh, I think it was like 25, uh, it was like 25 kilos or something. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and they said, you know, it's a hundred bucks a kilo. It's like really good price. We can, you know, but we just, we don't have the funding to buy all of it ourselves. Do you want, some, do you want to buy in with us? Yeah. Uh, Bernard's like all about it, but I need, I need collateral. So Tex is like, here, have my ex-girlfriend. And then he gives Tex the money and Tex just doesn't come back for the ex-girlfriend. Bernard, knowing who Tex is connected to, calls up the Spawn Ranch and says, if y'all don't give me my money, I'm going to kill you all. Uh, so Manson goes and finds Bernard Crow, uh, whose nickname was Lots of Papa, mm. uh, and shoots him with a 22 caliber revolver. Naturally. For those of you who don't know anything about guns, a 22 caliber revolver is about as deadly as a BB gun. Um, it's going to hurt more, but unless you shoot somebody in the neck or directly in the heart and you miss their ribs, mm. you're probably not going to kill them. Uh, yeah. Your ribs will stop a 22 caliber bullet. That's how small they are. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're very they're not very powerful. Yeah. Uh it's gonna hurt. Oh yeah. But it won't kill you. I mean enough of them go into you, you're gonna die. Yeah. Like, if you like shot somebody with a submachine gun loaded with twenty two, yeah. like you'd probably get them. But enough one it, but... one shot from a twenty two is very unlikely to kill you. Yeah. Uh and that's what happened. He shot Bernard Crow, left him to die, and then when he heard about the body of a Black Panther being dumped in the river the next day, he assumed that that was Bernard, and Bernard was dead, but he also assumed Bernard was a Black Panther. None of these things were true. Bernard was not a Black Panther, and he was not dead, and he would testify against Manson a couple of years later. But this did lead Manson to believe that the Black Panthers would be on to him. Mm-hmm. 
So he decided he needed to fortify the ranch. Now, he did not have enough men of his own, and he didn't want to risk the women, so he hired the Straight Satan's Motorcycle Gang to come in and act as security. Uh, <laughs> the Straight Satans consider themselves outlaws, by the way. Uh, now, this would be when the actual killings start, because in July of 1969, uh, a man named Gary Hinman... Mm -hmm. sold a couple of members of the straight Satans who were vibing at the ranch bad psychedelics, mescaline, mm. uh, or at least according to them. He didn't. He said it wasn't bad, and they were just wrong. They still wanted their money back, but he had already spent the money, so they got in a fight. A gun went off. When the gun went off, uh, Susan Atkins, who was one of the Manson people, called back to the ranch and said, Charlie, we need help. You know, there's, there's fighting. Come help us. Do you want to come up? He, come up if you want. I think he needs to go outside. I think that's what this is about. Probably. Yeah. Soon, Archie. Soon. The show's the show's nearing its close. Um. But yeah. So, I. Uh, but immediately after this phone call, they actually end up coming to an agreement where they're going to take the titles for two of his older cars, I uh, that are worth more than they paid for the drugs, and and go and leave. Yeah. I. Uh, but after this agreement has been reached. Charles Manson shows up, and he whips out a knife and slashes Gary Hinman across the face, cutting his cheek and ear, and then leaves. Uh, he was asked by Bobby Boussoulet, who was one of the biker gang members in spot, like responsible for the fight, yep. uh, what are you doing? And Manson said, showing you how to be a man. And then he left. And uh, Bobby spent the next day trying to convince uh, Gary that his injuries really weren't that serious, and he didn't need stitches, like he'd be fine. Yep. Hinman was not about that, and uh, Boussoulet eventually called Manson and said, what do I do? And then uh, Manson said, you're on your own, and Bobby decided that the best way to prevent anybody from finding out about this would be to just kill Hinman mm. and make it look like a political hit, because Min Hinman was a Marxist. Um, but they also made it look like a political... It, it didn't really make a ton of sense. They wrote political pig on the wall and burned a bunch of Marxist literature. Uh Marxists aren't typically anti-cop, or are typically anti-cop, so, and the Black Panthers were also anti-cop, so they tried to make it look like a Black Panther hit, and I, I don't know, it wasn't very well thought out, uh, I mean, are we... but it worked. Fair enough. So, uh, the, the cops did not suspect the Mansons. Um, Naturally. And then, uh... Yes, Quattro. What did he say? He said, where's Rick Dalton with the flamethrower when you need him? Exactly. Uh, if you think we didn't watch that before we started this, you would be mistaken. So, uh, on August 8th, 1969, just a couple of weeks later, uh, Sharon Tate was staying at her house, where Manson had met her earlier, and uh, she was staying with some friends. Jay Sebring, Abigail Folger, Wojak Frykowski... Uh, and Stephen Parent. Stephen Parent was actually a friend of the caretaker of the house who had been hired by Rudy Altabelli while he was out of the country. Um, Sharon was 26 years old. She was actually eight and a half months pregnant with Roman Polanski's baby. Uh, you know, it's probably best that Roman Polanski did not bring children into this world, considering Roman Polanski is Roman Polanski. Um, For those of you who are not aware, Roman Polanski is a film director. Roman Polanski likes children who are uh, girls who are nowhere near the age of consent. Yeah. We don't like Roman Polanski. We do not like Roman Polanski. No. Uh, Roman Polanski deserves to meet Chippy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yep. 
And uh, Sharon Tate was actually from Texas, but she had moved to L.A. to become a movie star. And she was one of the budding stars of the era. Yeah. Uh, she was probably going to be, like, one of the biggest stars in film. She had already come out with several very, very popular movies at the time. And this was, like, the dawn of Hollywood as we know it in the 1960s. Yeah, it was, so. the, it was the resurgence after... Oh, we don't have to go on that right now. Anyway, well, you can. Go for it. I was just going to say, like, Hollywood was really booming in the 30s and 40s. Uh, that was, like, considered their golden age. Um, and Hollywood got really big during the Great Depression because during the Great Depression, there wasn't really anything anybody could do, but they had the escapism of going to the movies. And that's why Hollywood just started to boom. And especially that's why you had a lot of, like, through the 30s up until, like, the 50s, you had all of these big musicals and these epics, like On With the Wind and everything like that. Uh, and just a lot of fantastic movies of that time. The problem is, is that as it started to go into the 60s, and especially the 70s, uh, musicals fell out of fashion. A lot of people weren't going to uh, the movies anymore because television was starting to take over, and, like, you know, that just wasn't, you know, whatever. Anyway, so by this time, like, mid to late 60s, and then especially in the early 70s, early to mid-70s, the old studios of Hollywood were starting to die. And that's a large reason why people like Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, Francis Ford Coppola, uh, Stanley Kubrick, all of those big names got their start in the mid to late 70s because all of these big studios that were either closing down or just going out bankrupt or consolidating were literally going to film schools and trying to find new talent that would get people back in the theaters. And they so they gave huge, like huge movies mm -hmm. to people who literally had never done much in their lives at all. Like Steven Spielberg's Jaws, he was 26 and that was his second major movie. He'd done one more and it was like, uh, he did Sugarland Express, which was a TV movie. And then he did Duel, which was basically the same movie as Jaws, but it was a truck chasing a driver. And it was like the, the, the CEO or like the head of Universal was like, Steven, you're doing this movie Jaws. And he's like, I don't want to. And he was like, no, you're doing it. And then, you know, that became like the hardest thing that he's ever had to do. But anyway, that's, we're getting off topic now. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. But I, it's a good tangent. It's informative. Fair enough. But yeah, so Sharon Tate's hanging out with four friends. Um, and I, Charlie dispatched Tex Watson, who was the guy responsible for the Bernard Crow incident. Yeah. I, as well as Susan Atkins, Linda Kasabian, and Patricia uh, Krenwinkel to the Tate residence with orders that the women follow all of Watson's commands. Yep. Now, Watson had orders to kill everyone in the house. Manson, to this day, maintains that, or he's dead, but till his death maintained that the women had nothing to do with it. Um, when Watson arrived, he saw, I believe it was Stephen Parent in the driveway who had just been leaving mm. uh, and shot him. Well, I don't know. Yep. Uh, he then walked into the house and announced, I am the devil and I'm here to do the devil's business before murdering all five occupants around 12.30 a.m. on August 9th. No, I was dumber than that. What? I was... <laughs> <laughs> See, that is the one thing I'll give Tarantino. I, yeah. I generally don't love his work. I like, like, three of his movies. Yeah. Um, but... As far as just making an absolute mockery of these chuckle fucks, yeah. that was beautiful. No, right. Like, yeah, my favorite Tarantino movies are the ones where he does those alternate history kind of deals, like that and Glorious Bastards. Mm -hmm. Hateful Eight was good. Um, he needs to go. Do you mind taking him out while I? Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, that would be that would be a good way to solve both these problems. Okay. Yep. 
Thank you. No worries. Aiden will be back in just a moment. Um, but I'm going to continue the story. <laughs> Look how excited he's getting. He's very excited. I'm letting it go because the microphone's picking up his little sounds. Fair enough. Okay. All right. So, I... Yeah, so Tex, Tex goes in, and according to everybody, Tex committed all five killings. I, there's not a ton of details on what happened, but the fact of the matter is, by morning, uh, everyone was dead. And in his trial, a few years later, Tex would remark that uh, it was fun tearing up the Tate house. People were running around like chickens with their heads cut off while laughing on the stand is not a good way to get mercy from the jury. But the Tate murders were not the only murders that would be committed on August 9th, 1969, because uh, obviously it was very early in the morning when this happened, but that night, Tex would again be dispatched to the LaBianca household, uh, along with Manson. Manson would come as well as the, uh, the people who were involved in the Tate murder, alongside an extra couple people. These were... Ah, Leslie Van Houten and Steve Grogan. So, they got there, and then uh, Manson walked up the driveway, took a look in the house, kind of like cased it, figured out what was going on. And the LaBiancas really had no connection to any of this. Uh, it's it's very strange. So, uh, he walks back down, he tells Tex where to go, what to do, and then has you know, basically told Tex, go up and, and kill him. Tex did, he gets in, and he stabs Mr. LaBianca with a bayonet 12 times and then goes and finds the women fighting with Mrs. LaBianca, stabs her, and then has both of them also stab Mrs. LaBianca. Uh, they then... Oh, I forgot to mention, uh, Atkins wrote pig uh, on the wall in Sharon Tate's blood in the Tate house. This is important for the possible theories regarding why these murders happened because uh, Manson never really fessed up. And he obviously didn't explain why, and everyone in the cult was defending him and also wouldn't explain why. So, uh, Patty Krenwinkel then used the blood to scrawl Rise, Death to Pigs, and Helter Skelter, uh, the, the first two on the wall and the Helter Skelter on the refrigerator. Nobody knows why they did this. There are theories. Uh, the prosecutor in charge of the case has you know basically published a, he published a book on the helter skelter theory and said that he solved the case and he knows why it happened the investigators on the case don't agree with him which is a pretty big red flag in my opinion at the end of the day uh vince buglosi bugliosi <clears throat> uh argued that what was happening was that they were trying to start this helter skelter race war mansion priest about manson pre Ah, there's the migraine. The helter-skelter race war that Manson was preaching about. And that these killings were meant to look like targeted white-on-black or black-on-white murders. The idea here was that by making it seem that way, it might spark outrage from the white community, which would re lead to conflict with the black community, and then the war that would leave Manson on top and in control of everything. Uh, that did not happen 
because there were other possibilities, one of which was a cover-up, because the murders matched those of Gary Hinman, and the idea was that perhaps they were trying to drag attention off of the straight Satans, who were, of course, known to be associated with Charles Manson, uh, and that the idea here was we'll make these killings look like the, the Gary Hinman killing, because they've got Bobby Boussoulet in custody. They think he did it. If we make it look like these killings are still going on, then they might think they've got the wrong guy, release him, and then they're going to focus on finding some other person who is responsible for it. It did not work. Uh, and then finally, there was the possibility that this was entirely drug-fueled, that there had been a, uh, a drug deal that went bad earlier in the day or something like that. Uh, and, you know, there's, there's some evidence... Uh, Allegedly, Manson had been beaten up by somebody in the Tate household that day. Uh, a man named Joel Rostaw had delivered mescaline to Tate's house that day as well. Rostaw was the boyfriend of J.C. Brings' receptionist, and he was actually murdered during the trial against Manson. So, there's a lot of possibilities. Nobody's totally sure why these murders occurred. And the investigation didn't help, because... It initially didn't even start with the belief that the Mansons were responsible, or that the Tate murder, the LaBianca murder, and the Hinden murder were even connected at all. What they thought was, because the, the LaBiancas hadn't been discovered at the time that the Tates were, I'm not entirely sure how you can have two murders happen in the same neighborhood with the same exact M.O., and not immediately assumed they were related, but Vince Pugliosi didn't think that they were, so they were not investigated as being related, the uh, detectives were blamed for not seeing the connection earlier, even though it seems like the detectives thought that the crimes were connected at first. Naturally. Uh, but as the Tate autopsies were going on, the LaBianca murders had not been discovered. So that second crime, the LaBianca murder, was discovered at 10.30 p.m. on August 10th, so about a day after it happened. Uh, and it was discovered by, um, if I remember correctly, the LaBianca's son. Hmm. Um uh, on August 12th, 1969, the LAPD, in a press release, said that they did not believe the cases were connected, and it was believed at the time that the case, the Tate case was, the migraine's hitting me. Is it really? Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling right now. It was Look. believed that the Tate case was drug-related and the LaBianca case was not, but nothing had been stolen from the LaBiancas, so it didn't look like a robbery gone wrong either. Um... <laughs> And as I said, they did write stuff in their blood on the walls that matched what had been written in the Hinman and Tate case. I, you have to be so absurdly dense to not see the connection immediately. Yeah. Um, or at the very least, like copycat stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like, but I mean, two murders that happened the same day yeah. in the same town with the same exact MO. Like, how do you not see the connection? That's like willful ignorance at that mm -hmm. point. Um. But yeah, so uh, on August 16th, believe it or not, uh, the, Span the Spawn Ranch was raided in relation to automotive theft. Naturally. Well, if, if tax evasion was good enough for Capone... Well, they didn't know. They had no idea. Oh, really? They had no idea that the Mansons were, were remotely involved in this. Interesting. So, uh, they raided the ranch because Manson had been stealing... Volkswagen Beetles and modifying them into dune buggies to sell them. Which is just... And storing them at other ranches and in uh, Death Valley National Park. Yeah. I 
absolutely hated the moment when I was researching this, when I came across the fact that after this, I'll, actually, I'll get that in a second. Okay. Uh, Manson and his followers were arrested. Manson and 25 others were arrested for this automotive theft thing mm-hmm. and then released due to a misstated warrant. If I do not believe for a single second that the reason they were released was that misstated warrant. No. Manson and his followers were released because he was a CIA asset. Just like every time before this. It had nothing to do with a misstated warrant. A what does a misdated warrant even mean? Like, I, I know what it means, but the point is, like... The fact that, that such cannot, a small technicality would ever matter. Yeah, that cannot possibly be the only reason that they were released. Like, that's a clerical error. That's, that is that is a Hollywood thing that you write into a script to get somebody off. Yeah. Uh, you know, we... we c- come on, it's the cops. The cops can think of any reason to arrest you. It doesn't need to be that one. Uh, you know, they could, they could, and also they could hold them for up to 48 hours, right? Yeah. Yeah. They could have held them for 48 hours while they went to a judge and got a different warrant. Like there were a number of possibilities here. Uh, but at the end of the August, at, at the end of the, the August, my, oh my God, it's Take hard your to time. talk right now. Take your time. At the end of August, detectives did connect the LaBianca murders. There we go. To the Beatles. That's a win. To the what? The Beatles. Not the Volkswagen Beatles. Care to elaborate? No. <laughs> but yeah, great work, guys. Um, I'm sure Elvis loved that. That connection was finally made when the LaBianca case detectives began looking for similar crimes in October of 1969, and the connection was not made with the Tate case, but rather the Hinman case. Yeah. Where they noticed that the LaBianca case and the Hinman case both had the same M.O., and Vince Bugliosi was still certain that the Tate case that bore the same M.O. on the other two cases they connected was not connected to either of those cases. Of course. Because he's the dumbest man to ever be a deputy district attorney. Um, you know, it... There's so many times that the government screws up in this story. It's really incredible. Uh, and then Manson was actually arrested again for the car thefts by the National Park Service. Oh, so that's how it's tied to our channel. I mean, he himself was arrested by Highway Patrol. Yeah, but even still. I, I, I Where you'd expect somebody to be, to be arrested by Highway Patrol, right? Yes. In the middle of a national park? No, in a cabinet somewhere in a house on a ranch. Oh, yeah, yeah of course, right. naturally. Yes, yes, yes. I think they could, probably should have just said State Trooper, not Highway Patrol, but... Probably. Is there the same thing? Uh, but yeah, he was in a cabinet uh, on a ranch hiding. <laughs> of course he was. The LaBianca detectives eventually did make the connection with Tate. Not, not because of the obvious M.O. similarities. No. No. Because they connected it to the straight Satans. Naturally, yes. Um, once that connection was made, it, it blew the whole thing wide open. Uh, yeah. Basically, they were like, wait a second. This guy who was arrested for the Hinman murder is a member of the straight Satans. And the straight Satans have been helping out at the Spawn Ranch with this Charles Manson guy. Mm-hmm. And what I'm thinking happened here is that at this point in the story, the CIA had a moment where they went, hmm, if this guy gets off and this gets worse and it's traced back to us, mm-hmm. it could be bad. Yep. And I think they just decided to let him fry. Yep. Uh, because, I mean, it, he tried to he tried to represent himself in court and then had a weird outburst and... Uh, there had been an entire fabricated story about how uh, he wasn't actually involved in any of it. And 
it, it's just uh <laughs> yep um I, i'm not gonna go into the details of the trial because honestly they're ridiculous and i didn't have time to get notes on them yep. before the show i've been researching this for three days uh the man needs a break I, I just got to the point where i was like all right we've we've covered all the interesting information that wasn't on the news um manson atkins uh who was it, it was manson atkins krenwinkel and van hooten so manson and three of the women were all sentenced to death uh they were found guilty sentenced to death but because California decided to get rid of the death penalty in February of 1972, their sentences were commuted down to life without the possibility of parole. Or, sorry, life. Uh, I think Manson, yeah, with the possibility of parole, actually. Because hmm. uh, a couple of them actually did get parole, if I remember. Um, because, of course. Uh, yeah, so the reason Tex Watson was not tried at the same time as the others is because he had run away to Texas. And it took them a couple of months to find him, mm. so his schedule just his trial just wasn't scheduled for the same time. Naturally, yeah. Um, but this is not where it ended. But he did get the same sentence. Uh, this is not where it ended because there were a number of retaliatory murders committed by the family into the 1970s. Most importantly, among them, the attempted assassination of President Ford by Lynette Fromm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Manson eventually died on November 19th, 2017, at the age of 83. The cause of his death has not been released uh, for some reason. He appears to have not done much in prison. Uh, some of his followers got lesser sentences and were released on parole. I don't think any of the people who were convicted of uh, the murders and sentenced to death were paroled. Mm. Um Good. But the moral of the story here is that the CIA is responsible for every single one of these deaths. Aha. Uh -huh. So, yeah. you know, it's it, it's absolutely fascinating that this this guy uh, became what he did. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like like the story is is wild from start to finish. But it's putting it mildly. Yeah. Uh, at this point I'm I'm struggling to continue talking. So, uh fair. Let's let's go to question time until 8:30. I think it's a good call. Uh I don't mean to cut off the Manson stuff, but I I really am like having to think before I speak every single word that comes out of my mouth. That's hard. You've had a long weekend. It's been a long weekend. Uh and to be fair, if you want the conclusion of this story, it'll be on the Lore Lodge on Friday. Well, that is the conclusion. I got through all of it. True. But, yeah, you'll be able to watch a very focused version of this on Friday. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, we're going to go over to question time. Y'all know how that works. We answer Super Chats first, and then we will get to any other questions before the end of the time uh, yes. that we can. Yes. And I'm going to try my best to get there. We will wrap this up at 8.30, so feel free to send in questions. Um, did, we, did we hit all of the Super Chats that we've already had? I think so, yeah. If we didn't, let me know and, and rephrase it, and I'll... Uh, I'll get to it. Um, uh, oh, yeah, I forgot there's football on right now. Is there a chance we can get a video of Mr. Thorn Bussy presenting the stuff Indiana Mattis does, but in a pseudo David Attenberg style? I mean, Attenborough. I could. <laughs> That'd be fun. Theoretically, yeah. I think what we're going to do, so uh, for those who are unaware who or just haven't seen the updates in relation to when we said them on the podcast, uh, one of the things we are going to be bringing back relatively soon is story time. 
Yes. And we're going to be splitting those so that way the work is evened out. So every other story will be narrated by Matusi and all of the other ones will be narrated by me. Yes. So it'll be 50-50. It'll we're be fun. also bringing back History Hut. Yes, we're bringing back History Hut. Which and... will be starting with a series on the American Revolution. Yes. Yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, and uh, for those of you who have either been hounding me or just have like you know lost faith in the fact that it might have been possible, I think it might happen. It might just be the case that come October, Thornberry Thursdays are actually going to start appearing on the channel. It's only been 14 months. It's only been 14 months. <laughs> but you know what? Better late than never. So we'll see if people even want, like them. Uh, I'll, I'll be doing them. It's going to be a little bit more of a... Uh, a variety show in the sense of I have an idea of a schedule for like monthly but it's not going to be the same thing every week it'll be something each week of a month repeated on a monthly schedule um, but yeah we'll see how it goes you know we're, we're always down for trying new things at the Lore Lodge Yeah, but yeah alright cakes for two dollars says no question just feel better buddy thank you I will do my best uh, we're gonna watch the new Game of Thrones after one, this. So one of my favorite usernames that anybody's ever had in here, Judas Goat Barbecue, <laughs> for ten dollars says Gangster Whitey Bolger was also subject to the CIA LSD program. I have heard that. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Um, everybody wants an Archie plushie, but I have absolutely no idea how to pull that off. I mean, we could look into that. It'd be cool. Um, let's see, uh, Archie, do you want a plushie of yourself to be sold to people? He would eat it. Well, his tail's wagging, so I would imagine that he would be interested in that. Custom plushies. Uh, you can make them. Uh, Apparently, you can do it with Teespring. Oh, nice. What do they look like? Uh, cakes for four ninety nine. Also, I think we need at least one Star Wars-themed episode or more. Either of us could do that. Both he and I grew up heavily on Star Wars. Oh, yeah. So, really, it's just whoever you want to watch talk more. It might. It's probably leaning more towards me because he's more overworked as it is <laughs> in terms of being in front of the camera. Um, I can do it. <laughs> I just want my dear Thornbussy to say better ingredients, better, better pizza. How would you like me to say it? Direct me. Not only will I say it, I will direct it, or I will say it as directed. Um, just because, you know, if, if you really want that sound bite, I, I want to give the, the audience what they want. Kellen, the official data for four ninety nine says, feel better, I too suffer from periodic aphasia after TBI, so I understand. Yeah, it's it's rough sometimes. Uh, it hasn't been that bad since uh, since I graduated high school, but it does occasionally come back. I had uh, in high school, I remember I had one moment where I had to look at Norman. Mm. I I looked at him and I said, "In the next five minutes, I'm not going to be able to talk anymore." <laughs> and I need if I get called on, I need you to explain that somehow. That's so funny. And he just looked at me and went. Okay. <laughs> That's such a Norman response, too. Oh, God. That entire class for Norman and I was a trip. Uh, there was one time when uh, we cheated off each other and got different grades, despite having the same answers, but we couldn't complain because we had cheated off each other. Yeah. <laughs> Jennifer Edwards for $5 said, Feel better as a fellow migraine sufferer. I know how they are. Yeah, they suck. I'm glad I've only ever had two. Wolf. I could get a pillow with Archie on it. What happened to the plushie? I, I, it looks like they don't do them anymore. No, oh, that sucks. Oh, maybe uh, I might be able to find something. What else say, we got? Um, Star Wars episode. Yeah, we yeah. can definitely do that. Um, I'm uh, surprised you. Ian, what was your super chat about? Can you? Uh, can you just 
like rewrite it. Yeah, we'll look for your thing. Uh, I'm surprised you haven't done. Don't Lord don't make it a super chat. We'll just read it when you send it. Okay. I'm surprised you haven't done Lord of the Rings stuff yet. I've been considering it, but Don Marshall does such a good job with it that. Fair. <laughs> does he have a certain angle on it? Uh, he he's a bit more open to Hollywood's changes than I. <laughs> you could do it in relation to like how history, it ref- yeah. yeah how it reflects in comparison That's to true. real history. Uh, and thank you, Jennifer. Uh, I went to school twenty seven, Jennifer. They want you to say the uh, the better ingredients, better people, sensually. Ooh, that's a good way to do that. Let's see. Uh, better ingredients, better pizza. Papa John's. Oh, I well, I mean, you, you. you can do it. They're expensive as all hell, though. How much are they? Well, the, the, the 16 inch Whoa! one is 109 bucks. Yeah, 30 inch one. We could get a life size Archie for $169. I mean, if you guys want to pay it. <laughs> Uh, Ian was the one who was resending his thing, right? Could do a photo pillow. I wanted to talk to you about when I was possessed by five demons for a few years and was wondering the best way to reach out to you. Email. Email. We have uh, thelorelodge at gmail.com. Yes. Reach out there. Um, currently throwing milk at Walmart. Thank you. You boy for one ninety nine. Um, I'd love to you, know You're why. welcome, I guess. Can I get the backstory behind the, the milk assault? Also, I this is a question that was posed over the weekend by me. I just remembered it was by me. When do you think people decided... Or this is a question for you, actually. Mm-hmm. Why did we start drinking cow's milk? I have no idea. Damn it. My instinct was because at some point, somewhere, the water wasn't good enough to drink, but the process of the cow digesting it and making milk made it safe enough so people drank that instead of shitty water. My assumption has always been that... People understood that humans drink milk well, yeah. from humans. Yeah. And that cows drink milk from cows. Yeah. But humans can't reliably produce milk consistently. And it's also very weird to milk a human. Yeah, so I think they looked at cows and were like, hmm, we know milk's good for you. But we can't get enough milk from people. Fair. So let's start milking cows. But they also did it with goats and like anything yeah. with teats. Sure. I just wonder why, like, considering it's a very, you know, developmental stage thing, why, yeah, like, really. adults can... I guess because it's... Oh, God, they're saying milk again in the chat. Naturally. <laughs> Is you're going to be here next month. Have you thought of making a Twitch you stream archive channel? Huddle the real Archie. I guess we could. Yeah, we've thought about doing that on this channel. Yeah, you could probably like, just do it as a playlist. Yeah, well, what I... So, uh, my friend PJ, who streams with me, is editing together some of our streams... Um, for like phasmophobia and stuff, and those will go up on this channel. Uh, honestly, the Twitch streams are spicy enough that YouTube would probably demonetize them, and I don't yeah. want to bother with editing them. So, sure. unfortunately for Twitch, uh, that will probably stay on Twitch. Putting milk up on the shelves is called throwing? Where? In what part of the world? I have questions. What did Plaz say? I don't know. He said, like, never show. Yeah, but what did he say before that? I don't know. So I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, Plaz, whatever you said before never showed, also never showed. (laughs) 
Skim milk? How dare you speak those words to me? Oh, this is something that you can answer. Unrelated to topic, but in Old Testament times, why is it that groups are so often, not so often, are often referred to with names that end in ite, like Canaanites, yeah. Ammonites? Ite just refers to, like, a region. Like, yeah. somebody from a place. Um, or a tribe. So, a Canaanite would be somebody from Canaan or from a Canaanite tribe. Uh, an Israelite would be somebody from the, Is the people of Israel. Uh it, it typically, I think, refers more to tribal groups uh, mm -hmm. than it does to national groups, because usually you'll get, like, uh, it, you know, demonyms like Egyptian and uh, yep. Greek, Persian. So it's, it's, it's more of a way to reference a nation, but not a country, if that makes sense. Ooh, good question from Aiden, or Ian Williams. What do you think of Andor? I love Andor so far. I'm really happy with it. I do want to address uh, yeah. Roberto Rodriguez Jr. Uh, what did the CIA pick Manson for? Just, he was just an easy target. I don't yeah. think they had any idea that he was going to become what he did. I think they just wanted to see what would happen. Oh. So a dude who nobody cared about, who had no connections to anything in the world, you know, was probably just going to be in and out of prison. Yeah. They went, all right. I mean, the fact that he was as charismatic as he was probably had it. Yeah. I'm sure that Roger Smith was going through a number of people. And that they were probably assigning him people they thought might be good candidates. And yeah. he was then telling them, you know, okay, this person will be good. This person wouldn't be good. Mattis should grow a mustache. My guy, if you think I'm capable of that, you are you are mistaken. I have not shaved in a year. Well, but you trim. Oh, I trim my facial hair all yeah. the time. Like a few times a week. Yeah. But it doesn't get thicker. Yeah, but if you let it go long enough, it'll... We'll see in November. Oh, you're going to do it? Oh, yeah, I'm going to do no shave in November. Nice. Well, I've been growing mine out for Halloween in case I want to do something that requires facial hair. Part of me wants to do... Part of me wants to do Casey from Yellowstone. Mm -hmm. Part of me wants to do Aaron Taylor Johnson's character from Bullet Train. <laughs> I had no intention of seeing this movie, but we wrapped early on a shoot back in, like, early August in G Georgia. And so we had time to kill before our flight. And my coworkers and I were like, well, we've finished our work. Let's like just go catch a movie. And Bullet Train was the only thing that was showing at that time. It's a Brad Pitt movie. Joey King's in it. Aaron, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Um, was it Jennifer? Oh, Julia Roberts. Was it Jennifer Garner? No, I think it was Julia Roberts at the end. A lot, of, a lot of really good characters. Really good. It, just, it was a silly, fun action movie that was way better than it had any, had any reason being. Mm -hmm. And it was just really fun. And Aaron Taylor Johnson's character in that film is just like... He's got this, like, blue pinstripe suit on, and he's got the long hair back with a mustache and thing. He's just, like, he's so clean, and he looks great. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'd love to do that. All right. But anyway. So to, to give a little bit more of an in-depth answer on the Andor thing, though, like, I, I love it, and I love it because it is gritty, and it's Star Wars without it being, like... Star Wars. It, they took the Star Wars universe and they finally did what they should have been doing all along, which was, yep. we have this incredible universe that we've built. Let's tell a story that's not about the Skywalkers. Let's do something totally unrelated. Yep. And so what you get is a crime drama about a basically just a common criminal Yep. with one redeeming thing that he's looking for his sister. And they just set it in the Star Wars universe. You know, we haven't even, we're on episode, I've seen, up through episode three, we haven't seen a Stormtrooper. Mm. We haven't seen a lightsaber. That's pretty awesome. Nobody's mentioned Darth Vader, nobody's mentioned, uh, you know, 
You know, I, I think there's been like a passing mention to the Republic once and a passing mention to the Empire once. Because it's mostly it's mostly like the Outer Rim, whatever, right? Which yeah. you're referring to me, Chris McLean. I mean, to be fair, of all characters in Total Drama Island, I would want to be him, but like, because he doesn't get screwed with as much, at least from what I remember, because he's the one screwing with people, but. Uh, Chin Collector for $10 says, within the last few months, a religious nut job has appeared and said some wild stuff on an app I use. He declared Jesus is the Antichrist and other things. Should I document him or block him? Well, Jesus is... The, the Christ, so he really can't be the Antichrist theologically. That doesn't make any sense. I would say document until it becomes like definitively. Oh, no, 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 no. Document it and send it to me, yeah. and I will viciously mock him. There you go. As I did with Mom Millennial. Uh, also, yeah, Lemon and Tangerine were easily the best parts of that movie. I, will, uh, or what, uh, I, could, I can't remember who said it, but yes. That's... I, I will Mom Millennial this man into oblivion. Yes. In fact, I will get uh, Mike from Inspiring Philosophy to help. Oh, there you go. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. Uh, Ashley Brookshire for 10 says, Any interest in the TVA conspiracy on flooding the valley to take care of cryptids? The Tennessee Valley Authority? Um, also, Brian Barchik, another YouTuber, has some amazing haunt stories on his podcast. I will have to check out the TVA thing. I haven't heard of it. <sighs> okay. For the Republic. The best part of Andor is that it does not fit with <laughs> Are we I sure mean, about that? Because it does take place mostly on a desert planet. <laughs> I haven't finished the first episode yet, but yeah, we've we've been there enough. There's an entire galaxy. Let's explore it, right? I did not I know about the river, I did not watch it. Um also I I am quickly losing control of my ability to talk. Fair. So, uh, in order to account for that, and as it is 8.30, I am going to say that it's the end of the show. Thank you guys so much for watching, and we will be back with new content uh, Friday, and October is going to be a fun month. It seems fitting that our channel would be, you know, launching basically the 3.0 version of it in October. Yep. So, uh, how did Aiden pronounce Barchik with absolute ease? Because <laughs> I had a friend in high school who had the last name Kentorzik. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, also, come on. Is me. Is him. Is me. He's done enough research to be able to know. My last name is Bimbino. I, I can say the words. I speak it. Speak it words. If I mean, not right now, I'm actually struggling quite a bit. I was going to say, if we're going to be speaking in the... Oh, are we doing the Irish accents well, I was going to say, if we, were, hall, if, I was going to say, if we were speaking in the accents of our heritage, this is a horrible Irish accent. I'm normally a lot better. Straight up American. No, 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 I, I pulled out of it because it was doing so bad. There we go. Oh, right. now it's we're, we're starting to get back there a little bit, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been a bit, a little bit of a time. Oh, right? a little bit of a time. Right, anyways. So we're clearly losing our minds. Almost as bad as... What's his name? Manson. Yeah. Just got kind of Scottish. I'm not going to lie. Well, you know what? Uh, <laughs> I'm losing my mind. Um, oh, we could do the, the the worst accent in the world. Which is? Oh, you speak like this and you talk about the France. Oh, yes. Oh, I surrender every war. I build the line. Imaginez. The Germans, they go through Belgium. I do not see this coming. I think... Oh no, if we build the line across Belgium border, then the Belgians, they are insulted. So I do not, I do not insult the Belgians and the Germans. 
Oh, the Germans, yeah. They, they just, they just yeah. got through Belgium. Who could have predicted this? We said we would not, but we did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for watching. It's been real. We will catch you guys on the next one. See everybody. <laughs> Correct, it's just the internet. Wait, I came back because of the Mason line. That was really funny. That was funny. Yeah. Honestly, like the like, one place in the world where the Masons can be atheist and women. All, all of the comments after we switched to accents, we just got because of the delay, and we just <laughs> we, we really enjoyed it. All right. Ah, oh, you know, we didn't make fun of History Daddy. He's English. Um, right. All right, topic. Oh, we'll very over the top. Wait, wait, wait. Should we give a moment of silence for the fact that the Queen is now kaput? No. As some may say. No. As some may indubitably say. Right Quite flush. I do believe it's tea times. Oh, yes, it's tea times. Right. Good Ciao. What are you doing? The podcast's over. Go home. Watch a movie or a TV show. I don't know. Game of Thrones is on Sunday. Just do something.